Hello, misfits! Welcome to a continuation of the scary stories of Tell in the Dark Origin series. Hello. First up, Clinkity Clink. You may remember this one as the, uh, the grave digger that stole the woman's money and she came back. Yep. So, when she died, her coffin was placed in the living room. And she actually died with her eyes open. So her neighbors decided to put two silver dollars on her eyelids to keep them closed. And the grave digger ends up stealing them because he's an idiot. Like, why? Like, why? Just, why? It's, it's their one dollar each, so you just made two dollars. Like, why? And, like, so he felt like she was watching him, but he still stole them anyway, and nailed her coffin shut. Her eyes were looking at him. Yeah. But when he got home, he put the silver dollars in a box and kept thinking about how the woman was watching him. And then later he heard the silver dollars rattling in the tin box. And he thought someone was stealing his money, so he got up to chain the door. And then he went back to bed and he heard the sound of the change again. Then he heard a voice say, Where is my money? Who's got my money? Who? Who? That was a good impersonation. What right? do you know? <laughs> anyway. So the gravedigger put all his furniture in the front door and went back to bed. The sound of the money got louder and he hears the voice again. Give me my money! Who's got my money? The door flew open and the dead woman was standing there with her eyes wide open and said, Oh, where is my money? Who took my money? And she went to the box to try to look for it. And basically the story ends with whoever's telling the story jumping up and screaming, You've got my money! I'm going to get you, you bastard. <laughs> but anyway, it's based on an African folktale called A Ghost Story. And there's variations on it called The Golden Arm. And then The Golden Arm, it's basically the same story, except it's a man who dies who has an artificial limb made of gold. And that, that's what gets stolen in that one. And pretty much every culture has some kind of variation of the story. Of our aesthetic old arm. Hmm. I know, right? Alright, so our next one is called Cold as Clay. And this is when a girl falls in love with a man named Jim. A farmhand. Yeah. And her father her father didn't think the guy was good enough for her, so she sent him away to the other I'm sorry, he sent her away to the other side of the country to keep them apart. But shortly after she left, Jim got sick and died. And the father felt bad about this and doesn't tell his daughter that Jim died. So he's keeping this from his daughter that he didn't approve of her boyfriend. It's just stupid. Yeah, this is a sad one. It is. Weeks later, there's a knock on the girl's door, and it was Jim. And he told her that her father had sent him to get her. And so they start to ride away on horseback. And he was complaining about having a headache. So the girl feels his forehead and says it's freezing. She says it's cold as clay, which is the title of the story. And she wraps a handkerchief around his head. But when they get to the farm, the girl goes to her father's door, but he's surprised because he says he didn't send for her. So then she turned to Jim to see what was going on, but he was gone. They found the horse that they were riding on in a nearby stable trembling, but they still couldn't find Jim. So the father eventually finally decides to tell his daughter that Jim is dead. So they go to, I think they go to the parents of Jim to get the grave open. 
but he was still there. But he had the girl's handkerchief left wrapped around his head. The story is also known as the Ghost Rider, not to be confused with the movie Ghost Rider, and is based on a ballad called The Holland Handkerchief or The Suffolk Miracle. And would you like to read the ballad? The ballad. Yes. Wait, I don't think that's starts there. There was a square lived in town. It was a man named High Brown. Oh, high renowned. He had a daughter, a beautiful, bright. And the name he called was his heart's delight, but a young man came to court her, but none of them could. Her favor gained till all there had been a low degree, and above them all she did fancy he. And then when her father came to this to know that she was in love with this young man, so full 50 miles he sent her away to disappoint her. Wedding day. Wait, there's more. You're, you, you're paying the ass. You suck. <laughs> One night she was for her bed bound. As she was taking out her gown, she heard the knock and a deadly sound. Loosen your bounds. Loosen your bowels. Love what we have bound. I have your horse and your mother's cloak and your father's orders to take you home. She dressed herself in a rich attire. And away she went with her heart's desire. And she got on with him behind the road faster than any wind. And every mile he could sigh and say, oh, my jewel, my heart, it aches. My head, it aches. What did I say? My heart, it aches? Yes. My holland handkerchief she then took out and tried at his head and about. She kissed his lips and then did, did say, my love, you're colder than any clay. And then came to her father's gate. Come down, my jewel, the young man said. Come down, my darling, and go to bed, and you'll see your horses in the stable that led. When she comes to her father's hall, who's there? Who's there? Her father called. It is I, dear father. Did you send for me? By such a messenger, naming he. Her father, knowing this young man being dead, he tore his gray hair down from his head and swung his hands and wept full sore as the young man's darling cried more and more. Then early, early, at the break of day, she found the grave where his young man, this young man lay, where lay her lover, though nine months dead, with a hollow handkerchief around his head. There's a version where a daughter falls in love with a man from another country, and the mom is upset about upset about this, and her son says he promises to help her sister travel back and forth. He eventually dies of the plague. The mom goes to his grave and yells at him for dying, telling him he needs to fulfill his promise he made. So the son rises from the dead and goes to get his sister, and doesn't know he's dead. Then he gets back, and her mother yells at her for abandoning her. And tells her that her brother's dead, causing the daughter to die of grief. Yeah, basically the mom just is so pissed off at the boy for dying. Like, how could you? How could you die? You promised you would bring your sister, and you just go and die? Anyway, that was kind of a funny... Faster and faster. Oh my gosh, y'all, this is us. This, this would be us. I could totally see us doing this. So there's these two cousins named Sam and Bob, and they're walking in the woods. And they noticed it was kind of quiet, so they kind of start running around chasing each other, you know, like kids do. And Bob went to hide behind a bush and came across a drum. And he pointed it out to Sam, but Sam notices that there's blood on it and was like, hey, let's not, you know, let's leave it alone. But Bob couldn't resist playing it. This, this would happen with Be Lucky. Mm. Be Lucky would be playing the drum with blood on it. So he starts playing it slowly, then he got faster and faster, and he wasn't able to stop. 
But he suddenly hears shouts and hoofbeats in the woods. And then there was a cloud of dust. And from that cloud of dust came some men on horses riding towards them. And Sam began to run. And then finally Bob put the drum down and started running as well. And then Sam hears the the sound of an arrow being fired. And he turned around to see Bob laying there dead. But there was no arrow in him and no wound. When the police searched the area, they found no... When we searched the area, they found no evidence of men on horses and no drum. So, the drum disappeared. Okay, so this is the one that is based off of a true story. This one's called Footsteps. So, a young girl named Liz was doing her homework while her sister Sarah was upstairs asleep and her mom was out. The front door opened and Liz thought it was her mom. She called out to her but got no answer. She's the next who's there, but no response. She heard footsteps go through the living room and up the stairs and from one bedroom to another. And she got scared because she remembered, oh yeah, my sister's upstairs sleeping. You know, if there's someone in the house, I don't want to, don't want her to get hurt. And so she goes to go check on her and there's no one up there. Her sister's still asleep, so she's not the one making the noise. And she went back down to the dining room and heard footsteps coming closer and closer to her. To the dining room. So the door starts opening. The door starts opening and she screams, get out! Then after she does that, the door actually closes and the footsteps go back through the living room into the front door and the door opened and closed again. So basically, she said get out and the ghost was like, okay. So she actually ran to the window to see who it was, but she did not see anybody and there were no footprints in the snow. And like I said, this is based on a true story. But in the real version, the younger sister is the one who shares this story. And she pretty much says that there was other freaky stuff happening in this house. They would kind of hear groans coming from the cellar that were loud enough to upset the dogs. And one day, she and her sister decided to go down there to check it out. And they found this small alcove. And once they got there, the groaning stopped. And she says she really wanted to start digging to see if there were bones buried there or something. But her sister wouldn't let her. Okay, our next one is Harold. Okay, so Harold is about these two guys named Thomas and Alfred who would bring their cows to a pasture and they would stay there for two months. And so they, after doing this, they kind of got bored and they decided to make a giant doll that would scare birds away. You know, like a scarecrow. They decided to make it look like Harold, who was a farmer that they both really hated. They made him out of sacks and stuffed him with straw. They made the face look exactly like Harold, and they even named him Harold. And every morning, they would tie him to a pole to scare the birds away. And they brought him inside every night so that he wouldn't get ruined in case it rained. And sometimes they would, like, talk to him and, like, make fun of him, and they curse at him, kick him, punch him. Just stupid shit. Like, why? But they would, um mirror food on his face and they were doing this one night and they heard a grunt which kind of freaked them out understandably so but and they were like they knew it was him they were watching they knew for sure it was him that did that and thomas suggested throwing him into the fire but alfred said yeah let's not do anything stupid he's kind of scary so alfred good job did something smart so they left him alone But they would still occasionally hear grunting, but after a while, it kind of settled down. 
So they decided it was not a big deal. Maybe a mouse was in there or something. It was no big deal. So Thomas and Alfred went back to their old ways, kicking him and hitting him. And one day they noticed he was growing, but they thought, yeah, it's probably just our imagination. Like, why would he be growing? But then the next morning, Harold literally stood up, walked out of the hut by himself, and climbed on the roof of the hut. So he eventually, well, he stayed there all day. He, he was galloping like a horse. He was, yes. He was galloping like a horse. All day, though. He was up there all day. Okay, so the next morning he climbed down and stood in a corner the whole time, pretty much. Alfred and Thomas were scared, obviously, and they decided to take the cows back to the valley. They didn't see him as they were leaving, so they were kind of relieved. And they decided to start making jokes at his expense, because have we learned nothing from these stories? So they realized they forgot their milking stools. They drew straws to see who would go back, and Thomas got the shorter straw, so Alfred kept walking. Eventually, he turned around to look for Thomas, because Thomas was taking kind of a while. But he did not see him. But what he did see was Harold on the roof of the hut, holding bloody skin up to dry in the sun. Which I'm guessing is the the one that went back to the Yeah, most well, skin. I guess. Yeah, I guess it technically doesn't say that, but, I mean, it's gotta be, right? So, I feel like that's what happened. He killed the one that went back and skinned him. Probably. But now, why would they, why would he want to uh, dry the blood, though? I don't know. He's a, he's a I guess girl. he was gonna wear it, I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he's a live scarecrow, why am I overthinking this? Anyway. The story was featured in the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie. And in the movie, Harold is beaten up by a high schooler named Tommy, Thomas. And so Harold begins chasing him. And it's basically a whole thing. But eventually Tommy stabs Harold with a pitchfork. But Harold takes it out and stabs Tommy, which turns him into a scarecrow. Like Bielke said, this one takes place in Arizona. Based on a story called The Scarecrow. Shocker. Yes. Okay, so we have two more. This one's a little bit short. So this one's called Hello, Kate. And in this one, a boy named Tom Connors was on his way to a dance, and he noticed a girl following him. And then he realized that this girl was actually a friend of his, Kate Faraday. I'm not saying the name, like Faraday. But then he remembered that Kate died. So, like, yeah, maybe not her. But she still continued to follow him. And he didn't want to run away because he's like, that's Kate. Kate's my friend. I don't want to run away from Kate. And then eventually, basically, she makes eye contact with him and vanishes. Didn't really get too much info on the story. Really not much origin at all. I couldn't even find where it's from. It's kind of hard. It's like a really hard thing to find. And our last one for tonight. High Beams. So in High Beams... A high school girl was driving home from a basketball game when she noticed a truck following her, but at first she kind of thought nothing of it because, you know, they might be going the same direction. But then she noticed that every time she changed her speed, the truck did as well. And then he put on his high beams for almost a full minute, which the girl started to become uncomfortable. She turned down a road that not many people use to kind of try to throw him off or like confirm that he's not following her. 
but he does. He still follows her. So she drives faster, still continues to follow her, and puts his high beams on again. Eventually, she pulls into her driveway, and the truck pulls in behind her. She runs into the house and tells her father to call the police. And then when she looks out the window at the, at the driver, she can see that he has a gun in his hand. So the police show up to arrest him, but he says, hey, I'm not the guy you want. And he points to the girl's car, and there was a man crouched down behind the driver's seat with a knife. The driver of the truck said he saw the man sneak into the car, like, seconds before she left. And he decided to follow her, and any time the killer got up to kill her, he would put on his high beams to scare him. So this is based off a legend known as Killer in the Backseat, which is a common car crime urban legend that's mostly well known in the United States and United Kingdom. Now the first known writing of the story is by a folklore writer named Carlos Drake in 1968. And this legend involves a woman who is driving and being followed. And the person following her flashes their high beams or tailgates her or rams into her. When she finally makes it home, she realizes that the driver was trying to warn her or protect her that there was a murder hiding in the back seat. And each time the man would get up to attack her, the driver would use the high beams to scare him, causing him to duck back down. Alright, so that is all of the stories we have for you today. Alrighty, well, that concludes this episode. We will have more for you. Yes. Next. More. Yeah, next Saturday. Yep, if you like what you saw, click hit that like and subscribe button. Deeply appreciated. And when we upload content every Saturday. So peace. Stay Bye. sweet.